This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. We are back into the book of Job. We are now on to chapter 32. Uh, we just got through finish, uh, finished with uh, the past three chapters, which was Job uh, laying out a fairly uh, lengthy, uh, re- uh, kind of a rebuttal, I would say. Uh, it was basically his final defense. defense. Right. And uh, so moving into chapter 32, uh, Brian, what do the different translations label this one as? The New American Standard Bible, which we're reading out of uh, this week, states that Elihu, uh, in anger, rebukes Job. The New King James Version entitles it, Elihu contradicts Job's friends. The Holman Christian Standard Bible entitles it, Elihu's angry response. New Living Translation calls this section, Elihu responds to Job's friends. The English Standard Version entitles it, Elihu Rebukes Job's Three Friends. The God's Word translation actually breaks it down into two sections. Verses 1 through 5, Elihu decides to speak to Job. Verses 6 through 22, Elihu speaks the reason for Elihu's discourse. The Message Bible uh, just has one title. It calls it, Elihu Speaks, God's Spirit Makes Wisdom Possible. And then the Net Bible breaks it down into three sections. Verses 1 through 5, Elihu's first speech. Verses 6 through 14, Elihu's, uh, excuse me, Elihu claims wisdom. And verses 15 through 22, Job's friends fail to answer. Now, as Greg was talking about, uh, so in the last two chapters, I believe it was, uh, three, uh, three mm-hmm. Job laid down his final defense. And in the last chapter, chapter 31, we saw that uh, the Job was looking ahead to God's justice. We see that Job, you know, he put himself under oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions three specific sins that could trip up any man. Uh, one was lust, another was deceit, and the last was adultery. And he also asked God to send some terrible judgments if he is guilty of any of these sins. Mm-hmm. So in today's uh, study, you know, just got to give you a little brief overview uh, in, in accordance to Elihu's speeches, um, in the first speech, he addresses all four of them that are there in uh, verses 6 through 9. In, verse, uh, in verses 10 through 14, he's going to uh, address specifically the three friends. And then in the final section, which will carry over into chapter 33, he's going to address Job. So, well, without further ado, let's jump on in. Uh, Job chapter 32, uh, starting in verse 1, and like Brian said, we're reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Then these three men ceased answering Job because he was righteous in his own eyes, 
But the anger of Elihu, the son of uh, Bereshel, the Buzite, of the family of Ram, burned against his anger, burnt, sorry, burned. Against Job, his anger burned because he justified himself before God. And his anger burned against his three friends because they had found no answer and yet had condemned Job. Now Elihu had waited to speak to Job because they were years older than he. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of the three men, his anger burned. So Elihu, the son of Bereshel, the Buzite, spoke out and said, I am young in years and you are old. Therefore, I was shy and afraid to tell you what I think. I thought age should speak and increased years should teach wisdom. But it is a spirit in man and the breath of the Almighty gives them understanding. The abundant in years may not be wise nor may elders understand justice. So I say, listen to me. I too will tell what I think. Um... He actually makes some legitimate points here. Yeah, uh, that's kind of really where I was looking at uh, uh, cutting out because he then gets into more of an in-depth speech. But he's he's pointing out that you know when he is the youngest, so he was sitting by uh, in a respectful manner, allowing them to uh, to state their piece. And he even said um, what I thought was kind of really cool. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Uh, and. I thought age should speak and increased years should teach wisdom. So basically he was waiting for these older gentlemen to actually speak their wisdom to point out exactly what was needing to be said. And then he goes back in uh, uh, verse 9, uh, The abundant in years may not be wise, nor may elders understand justice. So I say, listen to me, I too uh, will tell what I think. Mm-hmm. You know. He's he's pointing out, you know, age should have wisdom, but it's not always true. Uh, the elders will not always have the right answer. Yeah. Will not always have that wisdom, and you can you can even see that in uh, our in our society today, in our churches, in our life. That just because you have age doesn't make you a wise person. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that I could be someone like a lady that's that's willing to sit there and wait, but. You know, my past doesn't always show that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. quick to speak, in, you know, many times. But, you know, there's 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 a sense of wisdom that's gained from experience. Mm-hmm. And there's also true wisdom, which is gained by uh, gained from God. And he nails it right on the head when he says that. He talks about, uh, it's right here. I lost it for a second. There it is, verse 8. But it is a spirited man and the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. He's mm-hmm. acknowledging that. Wisdom, true wisdom comes from God. Yes. That, you know, he was acknowledging that these men are older, so they should be wiser, and yet they haven't ex- they haven't expressed this. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you know, I thought age should speak, and, and increased years should teach wisdom, but it is a spirit in man, you know, referring to the Holy Spirit, and the breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. I mean, he's acknowledging God's mm-hmm. role in that. And that, that is... That is one of the better things that has been that has been said here, mm-hmm. definitely from any person related to this discussion. And I also wanted to point out, you know, it really it it kind of sets up who who Alehu is and exactly what he's uh, bringing into this. Um, it, and from this point 
uh, forward, he'll begin to kind of give his point of view and his opinion on it. And I, that's what I like about this last part. So I say, listen to me. I too will tell what I think. You know, he's given everybody else this chance to speak. And as Brian said, a lot sometimes we're very quick to. Uh, um, uh, to either pass judgment or say something or speak, and that's kind of a, an ongoing theme throughout Job. Is uh, you know when all of this happened, Job was silent for an extended period of time. Uh, Elihu was silent for an extended period of time, listening, uh, taking in what's being said, and then uh, creating a uh, what he basically putting out what he thinks, uh, what is to be said. Yeah, so we're actually going to see, and we're, I'm going to go ahead and tell you some of the things here. What we're going to see is that, you know, Alehu will, uh, he, I mean, he'll say some of the same things as some of the other speakers, but his purpose was actually different than theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, he was not trying to prove that Job was a sinner, actually. What he is, uh, but, uh, but what we'll see is that uh, Job's, uh, or what he's going to say is that Job's view of God is wrong, in a sense. He said Elihu's going to introduce a new uh, truth to, to the debate, actually, that God sends suffering not necessarily to punish us for our sins, as his friends were, oh, they were really hitting on that point, uh, but to keep us from sinning. And this will be uh, shown in verse, uh, you know, chapter 33, verses 18 and 24, and also to make us better persons, which is 36, uh, uh, chapter 36, one, uh, verses 1 through 15. You know, and Paul would definitely agree with the first point, and you would actually see that in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And the writer of Hebrews would agree with the second point, the point that says that, uh, that he sends suffering to make us better persons, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Um, so in a sense, what you're kind of gaining here is that uh, I think as uh, Warren Wiersbe was uh, pointed out in, in his book Be Patient that that uh, that Leo has this perspective that God is speaking through him mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he uh, Elihu emphasized or he will emphasize that he had uh, or that he was that he was patiently waiting before as Greg said and he gave and he'll give two reasons or actually he has given two reasons for this he was younger than Job's friends which I think I, I like to mention that again. I mean, it's excellent that he was willing to be patient and let everyone else present their argument. And that's a good attitude and a good stance to take on stuff. Allow people mm -hmm. to present their own arguments and everything and sit back and be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Wisdom listens. Yes. And it is willing to give someone else ground to talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't just spout off what you believe. Be willing to listen where someone else is coming mm -hmm. from first. So that, that that's an excellent point to be made to, of his character. Uh, so yeah, he was younger, and so he gave that respect, as we've seen. The second reason, uh, pointing to what Greg said again, it was he, it's because he mm -hmm. wanted to hear the debate. I mean, mm -hmm. that's another thing. When you're silent and you're allowing others to speak, you're allowed to be more of a, I guess, an impartial observer mm -hmm. in some sense. You're allowed to, you're allowing each side to debate without putting your sense in there and mm -hmm. causing the debate to go, you know, to spiral a little bit. You're actually able to sit back, be an observer, gain all the information of both sides because you may have walked up and they're sitting here arguing back and forth and you're allowed to gain an understanding of both sides and then present a more educated mm -hmm. or more uh, understandable uh, 
point to the debate. Another neat thing that uh, you're going to see is uh, Alehu actually brings up points against both sides. He doesn't um, mm -hmm. he doesn't take one side or the other. He uh, gives his sense on both sides of the of the debate, and that's another thing that you gain by uh, taking a step back and uh, being an observer, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and actually seeing what's going on, is you get a better understanding of what's being said. And so you can look at both sides and say, okay, well, I agree with you here, but I disagree with you here. And on the same side, I disagree with you here, but I agree with you here. And it brings a whole other dynamic uh, to the discussion. And uh, that's another great thing that Alehu brings here. Yeah, instead of having two extremes or whatever, mm -hmm. you, have, you could have a balance in the middle somewhere. Uh, one thing that I, I do, uh, that's mentioned, uh, or we should mention here, is whenever he talks about, uh, he doesn't talk about merely just having anger in and of itself and just letting it go. You know, he mentions that, uh, excuse me, that he had anger that burned against Job because, quote, he justified himself before God. And so... You know, Job is focusing on himself and, you know, mentioning that he's uh, righteous and everything. But, you know, you, you got to have God in that equation. you got to mention God, and, and you got to give praise to God. So he's talking about why his anger is burning against uh, Job in that sense. <clears throat> and then he talks about his anger burning against his friends, because quote, because they have found no answer to Job and yet are condemning Job. Mm -hmm. And so, in a sense, you could say that's righteous anger. Mm -hmm. Because he's... It isn't just anger in and of itself. He isn't directing it just at them and, and just spouting off and being angry. He's been silent the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so that's a point to be made to him. So let's continue on in verse 11. 11. Behold, I waited for your words. I listened to your reasonings while you pondered what to say. I even paid close attention to you. Indeed, there was no one who refuted Job. Not one of you who answered his words. Do not say, we have found wisdom. God will uh, root him, not man. For he has not arranged his words against me, nor will I reply to him with your arguments. They are dismayed. They no longer answer. Words have failed them. Shall I wait because they do not speak? Because they stop and, are, and no longer answer? I too will answer my share. I also will find, uh, tell my opinion, for I am full of words, the spirit within me constrains me. Behold, my belly is like unvented wine, like new wineskins, it is about to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it is about to burst. Let me speak that I may get relief, let me open my lips and answer, let me now be partial to no one, nor flatter any man. For I do not know to uh, know how to flatter, else my maker would soon take me away. So, Alehu actually gives four reasons, and I, I'm, I'm indebted to uh, Warren uh, Wearsby for uh, pointing these out in his book, Be Patient. He mentions that there are four reasons to explain why it is important, or, or Alehu explains why it is important for him to speak. Uh, and for them to listen, the, the first one was he was indignant. Mm -hmm. That's in that can be seen in verses one through three and verse five. And essentially, he was angry at Job for justifying himself rather than God. Mm -hmm. And you know, and he's claiming that uh, what Job is saying, uh, or excuse me, Job's claim that God, uh, excuse me, I'm like jumping all around here. <laughs> 
Job claimed that God was uh, that God was wrong, and that the three friends couldn't prove that Job was wrong, and so you can see why he's angry in this. And so it is easy to you know fly into a passion. You know anybody can do that, as Aristotle wrote. But to be angry with the right person to the right extent and the right time and with the right object and in the right way that is not easy and it is not and it is not everyone who can do it mm -hmm. and so in a sense i think that elihu is doing this mm -hmm. you know he's he has anger mm -hmm. but it isn't sinful anger mm -hmm. he's angry for the right reasons yeah well i mean even in the very first part that we read there behold i waited for your words i listened yeah. to your reasonings he he's not coming at this in just a blind approach and that's you know we mentioned when you listen when you actually pay attention someone may uh, say one thing that instantly you fly off the handle about yeah. um, but when you step back and actually listen to what's being said you can get a much more vivid picture um, you know politics in in our day and age are a lot like that it's there's such a dynamic on one side or the other to hear I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Libertarian, whichever it is can throw things into a huge spin and a lot of times we're not really willing to listen. Whereas, you know, in a Lehu sense, he stood back, he listened to both sides of the argument, he saw what was there and saw, you know, you gave reasons, you were saying all these things about Joe, but you presented nothing that your, your words fell short. Yeah, nothing tangible. Yeah. And then he looks at Job and says, you know, you're not innocent in this. You were claiming righteousness without God. It, it, that's where, you know, he, he took kind of a central view on all of it and pointed out which where each side had fallen short. Yeah. Well, uh, I like how he mentions that, you know, he isn't, uh, nothing was directed at him. You know, they're, uh -huh. they're directing their arguments at each other. Uh-huh. And he's saying, well, there's nothing directed at me, so I can provide a perspective on this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, number two, also he mentions that he was inspired, uh, as uh, Wearsby says, in verses 8 through 10. Uh, we, we talk about uh, age and wisdom here, but also, yeah, he was inspired, especially later on when he's talking about, he, he compares himself in a way, actually that's, that's uh, more of a, there's a better word for that, but right here he's talking about being inspired. You know, he's seeing the lack of wisdom here, mm -hmm. and it's inspiring him in himself to say something. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, age should bring wisdom, but as we're seeing here, it's not always the case. And here's a good verse for that. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians 2.11. For whom among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. And so, we know that there's more involved in there than just your age. Mm -hmm. That there's something that God gives us. Okay. Number three, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, the Bible also tells us that if any man lacks wisdom to ask for it. Yeah. So, it, wisdom in and of itself, uh, it comes from God. Um, it's not, as Brian said, it's not based on age. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there are some teenagers out there that are very wise. Mm -hmm. um, so wisdom is not 
a catalyst or uh, it's not linked directly to age. One would assume so, but it's not always the case. Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that there's an experiential wisdom in uh -huh. life or whatever, but whenever it pertains to the things that are of God, mm -hmm. there's more to it. There is there is a spiritual wisdom. There is a wisdom that God gives. Mm -hmm. Number three, Elihu, uh, another reason that was important for him to speak and for them to listen was he was impartial, as we've been mm -hmm. saying. That was the word for it. He was impartial. And that's in verses 21 through... Uh, excuse me, 14, and then 21 through 22, you know, he hadn't been attacked, mm -hmm. and so he says he would he wasn't going to take sides. Mm -hmm. And also, he wouldn't, uh, he says that he wouldn't reuse arguments, but you'll, uh, and then he, excuse me, you will notice in there that six times he addressed uh, Job by his first name. Actually, I think that's later on. <clears throat> in verse, uh, I think it's in verse uh, 33, you'll see that more. But he mentions Job uh, right here. He says, and had yet condemned Job. Or excuse me, that was the, uh, that's the narration. But we'll see later on that he actually addresses Job mm -hmm. multiple times. And the interesting thing about that is uh, he addresses him by his first name. Mm -hmm. Or we will see that. Something that, is, that, it, that even you know, Job's closest friends had not yet really done in their many speeches. And in the East... It is most important for a younger man to address his elders, uh, to not to actually not to address his elders that way, mm -hmm. and so maybe that's a, against his credit there. Mm -hmm. So number four, also, so let's see, he was he was indignant, mm -hmm. he was inspired, and he was impartial, but he was also, especially in the la latter part of this uh, section, he was impelled. Mm -hmm. He felt that he was that he had to speak. And that's in Job uh, chapter 32, verses 16 through 20. Mm -hmm. Whenever he compares himself to being like a wineskin that's ready to burst, that, mm -hmm. that he has to say something. That he, I mean, he even says like new wineskins is about to burst. Or like, like yeah. Well, I mean, as he had mentioned, uh, up to this point he had kept his tongue. He had kept his peace. And he's finally reached that point that he's got to say something. Something <clears throat> has to come out. And um, as Brian mentioned, this is actually going to go into chapter 33. To me, this it gives a really nice setup for his his discussion with Job. Mm -hmm. He's addressed the three friends that are there. Um, he's kind of set the stage that he is younger. He is um, he 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 has more of a conviction in it. He's a neutral party in this, as he hasn't been addressed. You know, as you you pointed out there. So it's it, it, it's a really cool way to set up what's about to be said. You know, I want to go ahead and do a little spoiler alert here. A little spoiler alert. Um, there are two perspectives on this that I noticed when I was doing my own personal study. One was uh, Weir, uh, Warren Wearsby's perspective. And I, I actually disagree with this a little mm -hmm. bit. And this is his quote in reference to Elihu and what finishes out scripture near the end or whatever. Uh, quote He says, To him it was the Spirit of God compelling him to speak. Elihu had a mandate from God to tell everyone what he knew. Little did he know that when God finally appeared on the scene, he would completely ignore Elihu and all that he said. Now, in that sense, uh, true, God did not did not address Elihu, 
But let, let's look at Matthew Henry's uh, perspective on this, and I think it, I think this is correct. I think this is actually a, a good way to look at it. And this is him quote, and he did not speak so well, uh, so he, and he did speak so well to this manner that Job made no reply to him, and God gave him no rebuke when he checked both Job himself and his other three friends. I think that is correct mm -hmm. because you will notice later on that God. He checks Job, and he specifically checks uh, Eliphaz. He, he addresses Eliphaz directly, and he says, And your two friends mm -hmm. have not spoke well of me. So he addresses them, but Elihu is never addressed. Mm -hmm. And so that lends to the uh, actual, not that he was just complete, just being bypassed and ignored, but it, it's lending to the idea that Elihu is speaking truth. Mm -hmm. And so there's that, I guess, indirect acknowledgement of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, as we said, you know, we're getting closer to the end. We're almost, uh, almost at that the finish line of the book of Job. Um, next week, we'll or next uh, book in, next time in Job. I apologize, a little tongue twister there. Uh, you know, we'll see what Elihu has to say to Job yeah. and uh, what that entails. So, if you would uh, join us in prayer. Our dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you so much for uh, letting us just get into your word again, Lord God. Thank you for this ministry that you've uh, you've given us and the community that's uh, building up, Lord God. I pray that uh, you would just uh, you would guide this and take it in whatever direction you would have it to go, Lord God. I pray that you would be with uh, those in the community that are hurting, that are that are uh, lost, that are sick, that are. Uh, ill, Lord God, I pray that you would lay your hand upon them and you would be their comfort, you would be uh, their strength, Lord God. I pray that uh, you would you would be again with this ministry, Lord God, uh, and I pray that you would help those who are seeking answers to find this so that uh, they may get the answers that uh, they need. And if there's anyone out there who doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord God, I pray that today they would make that decision before it's too late. And Lord, uh, I pray that you would just hide us behind the cross and help us to be uh, better witnesses for you in all that we do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 18, verses 6 through 10. Reading out of the New Living Translation. Fool's words get them into constant quarrels. They are asking for a beating. The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. A lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. So guys, as always, uh, actually I think I always say as always, anyway, uh, we uh, go ahead and check out our website at www.stillripples.org. Uh, there you can find a ton of amazing uh, features and uh, neat little things such as the discussion boards and blogs. And, uh, we also have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google Plus. You kind of hit all the high points there. Mm -hmm. And please, uh, I mean, join us in our discussions online. Uh, suggest a new topic. Let's keep it clean, but I mean, for all you know, your question, well, I mean, your question will certainly be addressed. I mean, we don't just leave you hanging, mm -hmm. and it could be the next episode of Steel Ripples Podcast, or it could be Skipping Stones, or 
maybe even an outpour. So, uh, as always, if you want to, you can leave a comment down below. I love doing that. I've always watched the YouTube. I'm sorry, I'm just throwing that out there. I always thought it was really cool that you could do that in the comments or below. But anyway, as Brian said, you know, please be respectful. We'll be respectful of you. We will answer any and everything that gets posted up. And who knows? You know, it could truly be the next episode that you watch. So, with that, take care, guys. God bless. Thank you, Marshall.